we're trying to raise the importance of shifting to a just, sustainable plant-based food system as a crucial part of ending the climate emergency. Save the planet and make it heal. You can help by eating a vegan meal. Come join us if you're vegan curious. Hello everyone, welcome Hi. to another episode of Vegan Curious. Hello. Good afternoon, Ashley. And good afternoon, Sarah. How are How, you doing? I, 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 mm, I am okay. I'm feeling a, a bit sad though. Why are you sad? Well, End because, of January? Yeah, exactly. January is over uh, and now vegans have to go about their daily lives in the same way that they did before. I know. Have you seen the KFC advert for the uh, Zero Chicken Burger? Uh, I, don't, I must have done. Something along what? the lines, would the real vegans stand up now? Oh. <laughs> and the irony of that being KFC. I mean, you know, yeah. you couldn't make that one up. Um, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah. Jolly good. Good. Um, did you see what happened at the Oscars, by the way? Big news. They had vegan food, didn't they? Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. What? Or are you talking We're, about I'm talking whacking? about... Yeah, I am. The Oscars acceptance speech. Um, this was pretty huge in terms of vegan news that he got up and spoke and did his thing and campaigned against uh, speciesism uh, and other injustices so that was definitely a high profile moment I, I, I love him he was born on the same day as me was so, he well a few years apart but yeah not that many but yeah oh, interesting yeah um, well that is a good segue onto what we're going to be talking about on today's show um, one of the things we're going to be talking about is uh the vegan backlash. Yes. So we've seen a lot of articles that have called out vegans for... I wonder why. Yes, for some potentially uh, belligerent behaviour and... Uh, and, and are vegans the angelic group that they purport to be? Well, I mean, I can only speak for us, obviously, and we, we are, absolutely. And then we have also got a cracking interview Um who did we chat to for this well, episode, Ash? Uh, yeah, we've been mean to get hold of these these uh, the somebody from this organisation for, for ages. But we've got Harley MacDonald Eckersall, who is Australian and she's just moved to the UK and she is part of the team of Animal Rebellion. Mm. So she's going to be talking basically about what inspired them to start Animal Rebellion. Yeah. What are the differences between Animal Rebellion and Extinction Rebellion? And we also have a bit of a little bit of discussion about you know should you be aiming for big targets all the time and not compromising or should you like basically say if we move towards this then we'll have that as a target and then we can then move beyond that so that's a really interesting interview coming up soon as ever we should start by talking about what we've been scoffing so Sarah I hear you've been to lots of posh restaurants (laughs) I have been quite busy um for culinary speaking culinarily speaking okay. is that a word i think it's I think it is yeah. yeah um good so i i did i actually did go out a lot in january i mean i know that you're supposed to stay in and hibernate and you know just not really do anything but mm. i ended up doing a lot of things for work i ended up going out for dinner a few times and i went to some really nice places actually um so i had a bit of a sort of late Christmas do, weirdly, in January. Okay. Um, and I went to somewhere called the Clove Club, which is... Whereabouts is that then? Um, it's in Shoreditch. Okay. It's, it's near Old Street. Um, and I had the vegan tasting menu, um, which is effectively... I mean, it was... I lost count of how many courses. I think seven courses. Wow, okay. Um, I mean, some of them are very diddy, obviously. Otherwise, yeah. you would be very full by the time you left. But... Um, it was absolutely exceptional, really, really good food and, and also really diverse and none of the things that I ate were really obvious to me. You what know, what sort was, of stuff was it? Um, so there was so there was like a sort of velouté type thing, like a little soup. <coughs> yes, a little soup. What's a velouté? <laughs> I've just held my hand up. <laughs> it's a sort of, um, yeah, like a sort of foamy, okay. um, foamy broth, soup. if you yeah, like. Yeah. Um, a that foamy was, broth. That was delicious. Um, and then, there, I mean, there was sort of a ravioli dish um, with pumpkin in. That was really tasty. Um, there were some... Actually, there was a vegetable that I had never heard of before, which was absolutely amazing. It was like part of the kale family. Okay. Um, tasted a little bit like kale and, and pak choy kind of mixed together. Which wow, that's interesting. This is like diversion. But have you had those kale... Kaleettes. No, there's some kale crisps that you can buy now, which basically got this cheesy flavour, which is a mixture mm-hmm. of cashew nuts. No. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Where are they from? 
You can get them in like Planet Organic and those kind oh, of Oh, no, I haven't had those. Only those ones from Prep, which I don't like at all. Yeah, okay, um, better than that. So, anyway, going back to your story. Uh, but anyway, it was super impressive. Then they then they gave me a delicious like chocolate tort thing for dessert. And wow. it was just really, really nice. I loved it. Um, and also that restaurant is just super chilled out. So it's like a relaxed environment where you can eat some super nice food. Okay. Um, but then there was also a couple of things that I did that weren't posh at all. Okay. Um, one of them was I went to this Vegan Nights, which is a um, kind of vegan street food festival, um, also in Shoreditch on Brick Lane, um, to celebrate the end of Veganuary. Yeah. And there was loads of stuff there. Um, highlights were I had the toe fish and chips from Unity Diner. Okay. Um, so that's tofu rather than banana blossom based, yeah? Yes. Okay. Um, it was it was tofu based. I think there was... I don't know what they'd done to it though, but honestly, it was the best. It was, it was good, was it? Yeah, it was the best fish and chips. I hear amazing I've things about Unity Diet. I mean, I can't yeah. believe that I've never been. I haven't either. I've only ever Shocking. been to it. Yeah, I know it's terrible, isn't it? Um, but that I have to um, stop going to Redemption and go there. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Unity Diner is a really, really nice spot. That's also in East London somewhere, isn't it? Hackney, yeah. Hackney I think. Yeah. I think um, so. Had that, and then um, I also discovered for the first time. I think I've been hiding under a rock or something. But I found out that some of the pot noodles are vegan. Okay, Did so you've you been eating this? a lot of pot noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been eating a lot of pot noodles. I had one <laughs> one pot noodle, which was the first pot noodle I had in about, well, since I was at university. And um, I, yeah, I won't really be repeating it, I don't think, for a while. I was so thirsty afterwards. I honestly, I, I don't know how yes, much salt is in true. one of those. Did you have one, the, the chilli one? I was, was parched. Uh, no, I had, a chi- ironically, a chicken and mushroom okay, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, you know, average. Um, definitely the highlight was Clove Club. Um, but... Uh, I've been really busy uh-huh. eating lots of different things. How about you? What have so, you been well, scoffing? Well, before we talk about what we've been scoffing, I mean, there's loads of news around vegan restaurants. You know, I guess it's post-Veganuary or during Veganuary. But Purezza, who's do the amazing pizzas in Camden. Yeah. Um, the only thing was, at this tiny restaurant. Um, and now they've moved to premises that are three times as big. Right. So I went there not long ago and had I had the one with the truffle, which is just an amazing pizza. Truffle on a pizza. Yeah, and, and they're... You know, I've got to say, the myth is that they do the best vegan mozzarella and they have special ingredients and all the rest of it. Uh, okay. Sounds like a lot of hype, but yeah. it's true. But it is worth it, yeah, is it's it? it's definitely worth it. Um, then the other interesting thing is Cook Daily. So Cook Daily, which is uh, a restaurant that's kind of an Asian restaurant, well, they give you loads and loads of vegetables, but then they chuck in a bit of like fake chicken or something. Yeah. So it's a cult restaurant, you know, big with wrappers and... Quite a few celebs went there. Apparently. All your mates. All mates. Well, you know, Corbyn apparently went there. Jeremy Corbyn. Did he? At one point, yeah. So, um, but they were in Box Park, which is again Shoreditch Way. Yeah. Um, they left Shoreditch and then they moved to London Fields, but they're now back in Box Park, which is great because they are fantastic. And apparently, the rumor is they're opening a series of new restaurants around London. Mm. So maybe someone's given them some money. That would be great. I, but, yeah, I really miss them because I can't. I don't ever go to London Fields. It's probably too far. Yeah. Think, well, it's the same with me. me. I mean, I used um, to go all the time, and I've probably been twice to the one in London Fields. So, so did you go and eat? Again, I haven't been there haven't yet, been. but you know, maybe next week. Oh, maybe next week. Yeah, great. That sounds perfect. As okay. long as they're back. Um, and then, what else did you eat? Well, no, again, sticking with that, I, I wandered down Brick Lane the other day. Okay, <laughs> wandered. I yeah. just wandered, sauntered, down, sauntered down, and I noticed four new vegan restaurants literally oh, really? in that area. I can't remember for the life of me what they were, but there was definitely a new vegan burger place. I think there was oh, a new, right. new kind of Indian type place. But it just goes show absolutely everywhere. Um, and then I guess the other restaurant I've been to was one I can't pronounce, which is I think is called Itadaki Zen. Itadaki Zen, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's I great. I assume this was like some new Japanese restaurant, King's Cross. Tiller rocked up, um, took full advantage of their amazing sushi, yeah. spring rolls, tofu, really, really good. You know, then asked the uh, the wait- waitress how long they'd been open for. Expecting her to say like two months, I and mean, they've been open for ten years. Ten years? Is so it really are, ten? They yeah, are probably one of the most established. So I went know. three years ago, I think. Yeah, I can't believe I've never been. I think it's, it's really just, good, it's, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic food. Um, but I think just because they they weren't new when everybody started going vegan, they didn't get the same profile as yes, the others that I have launched in the last five years. This, yeah. They were pioneer, weren't they? And, yeah. You know, you get there yeah. first, quite often you don't get the credit. Yeah, so. very true. Um, oh, good. I'm glad that you've finally been there. Yeah, and then... Thus completes your culinary education. That's true. Well, the other thing that I've been trying out a lot of was uh, co-op. Oh, so, yeah. Big fan of the co-op. Uh, like their values. I think what they do is good. 
Um, and they have gone crazy with the, the vegan range they've got. Yeah, so we, they launched Grow, didn't they, in January? Yeah. yeah, and I mean, the range is really, really good. So the chicken katsu, which I think your fella's had as well. Yeah, he has, yeah. I haven't had any of it, I yeah. must admit. But yeah, he likes it. Chicken katsu, quite unhealthy, but really, really tasty. Mm, inevitably, yeah. Um, quarter pounder was good. They have this kind of chocolate dessert thing, which was amazing. Oh, really, really. You really good. went to town, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I came back with half of the things in the co-op, and I've had the sandwich. I can't remember what the sandwich was, but the sandwich was pretty good. Too. I saw that they had a no duck, you know, like a hoisin duck thing. Yeah, um, it wasn't that? Like a yeah, couple of wraps and whatnot. True. Yeah, as well. yeah. Um, so I will definitely try one of those. So Sarah, what are you, what are we curious about? What are you curious about? <laughs> um, well, you sent me an article which was basically called "Why People Hate Vegans," okay. or effectively. Do they hate vegans? Should, is this something we should be talking about? Yeah. Um, in the BBC, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think that uh, that's something that we should discuss, mainly because there has been a huge amount of media coverage around veganism in, in January in particular, hasn't it? Was it was crazy, like, wasn't it? Like this veganuary. Every single day. Absolutely. Every single day there was a new story. The BBC seemed to have like taken it upon themselves to become the vegan publication of the UK. They're just yeah. constantly yeah. writing stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Same with The Guardian as well. Um and and a whole bunch of others. I mean, <clears throat> the eye as well do a lot of stories. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, what's happened is that people have started to realise that this is firmly. It's not going away. Lodged basically. now, exactly, and yeah. it's and it's only growing, and discussion around it is growing. And and the court case that we covered in the last show, um, Mr. with Katmanjana. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Around. Um, ethical veganism so you know for those people who 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 didn't listen to the last show go back and and listen to the interview with his lawyer but effectively he um was able to um get ethical veganism recognized as a philosophical belief in the eyes of the law um and that all came out in january as well so so that's one of the reasons definitely why there's been a huge amount of noise around it um good and bad on both sides yeah so i guess what i'm curious about is do you think that there are different types of vegans, firstly? Okay. Uh, and do you think that vegans should be coming in for some criticism? Or do you think that it's just a kind of knee-jerk reaction by a minority of people that just are uncomfortable with this kind of new vegan lifestyle? Um, I'll ask the second question first. So I think there are is a groundswell of people for whom veganism is a challenge because... Every time you eat vegan food, for some people, it's an affront to their normality. Yeah. And this article in The Guardian uh, talked a lot about that. And the psychologist, actually, one of the psychologists studied, we've got an interview with him coming up in a couple of podcasts. Time. Mm-hmm. So it's just that it's almost like, in a way, you're sticking two, you know, two V fingers up or two V carrots or something up to people because <laughs> you've made this decision. Um, Who, if you're vegan? Yeah, and if you made that decision uh, in terms of being a vegan, uh, and you are, it, it's a challenge, whether you like it or not, you're challenging people so yeah. people feel yeah. uncomfortable. But I think the second part of this as well, which we're increasingly seeing, mm-hmm. is the backlash from the farming industry. Yeah. So you know, they're now being here, certainly sales of, you know, cow's yeah. milk is falling mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know what's happening with cheese you know if it's, yeah. cheese has been impact well dairy in general is, is seeing the impact of it isn't it yes and I think also meat consumption is obviously on a on a decline so it's a really interesting mm. point in for, the UK certainly yeah. not globally though no, I I, think. but I think we are actually ironically now leading the way with veganism yeah. globally mm. you know um, in terms of the fact the number of people but also the influence they have um, you know they don't influence. They don't have great influence over this current government or or legislation. No. But through yeah. consumer power, yeah, they sure. are changing society and they are changing culture. So I do think you know that that we're getting the backlash now from from the farmers. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of articles. There was one in the BBC the other day. Yeah, it just went on and on and on about um, tofu, avocado, yeah, uh, yeah. almond milk. So. Yeah. It's all in terms of, of how yeah. environmentally, environmentally damaging they are. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, invariably, none of those things are anywhere near as mm. damaging as meat um, and beef in particular. Um, and I think most vegans recognise this. And I think it's just that whole idea around, yeah. you know, the, the sensible story is, is mm. just 
kind of eat what you want, but bear in mind you probably yeah. should be eating as much local produce as possible. Yeah. But so I think that that backlash yeah. has happened. And also yeah. there's two other things as well. So I think there's a backlash against some of the influencers, kind of the Instagram dietary vegans and people think they're a bit vacuous and they're doing it for all the wrong reasons and they're, they're vain. Yeah. And then I think we have seen some examples of... Um, Extreme vegans. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about uh, that Australian guy the other day. Uh, yeah, his name's uh, Joey Carbstrong is his yeah. name. Yeah. Um, I mean, Which would be brilliant if it was his real name. But I anyway. Know. Yeah, I don't know what... I don't know if that is his stage name or not. But um, yeah, I think he is just a very vocal critic of, of, of the meat and dairy industry and is is just basically sort of challenging people directly and he um he had a very high profile interview on radio five live where he basically spoke to a farmer directly and it was like incredibly um inflammatory and argumentative and um he is yeah i mean he's a classic sort of militant vegan isn't he that's that's um what what some some people are like that's how they think that they can change people's minds whether that is the case remains to to be seen yes so Okay, off the back of this, you asked the first question. So I did actually ask you to come up with some archetypes because I think this is the other thing. There is a plurality in veganism. Mm-hmm. So you, one of the things that confuses people who aren't vegans is like, you know, they have this notion of vegans yeah. and we're all uniform, we're all roughly the same, we all think the yeah. same. Yeah, and we're all absolutely perfect in terms of our behaviour and... Or else you're a hypocrite. But yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. so yeah. for example, if you wear wool, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, or if you keep a pair of leather shoes that you've had in the cupboard for a few yeah. years, then you're... Yeah. Or you eat avocado more than three times a week. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. So I asked you to come up with some uh, some archetypes. You did, yeah. Um, because I do think, you know, there are lots of different types of vegans. So, um, so go on then, let's hear them. We're also hearing a little bit from my dog Douglas in the background. I'm not sure if anybody can well, can hear him, but he's uh, <laughs> he's joining in, voicing his opinions on the vegan archetype. It's nice to have an animal companion on the show. It is, isn't it? Um, anyway, right. So I've come up with five. Okay. I've come up with five five types of vegan. Okay. This is very much up for debate. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bit. Are, are I'm a bit scared. Name which one you are as well? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I'll let you guess afterwards. Okay. Go on then. Um, one of them's you as well. Okay. Um, right. Or most likely to be you. Okay. Go on then. Okay. So we just talked about um, Joey Carbstrong, um, the the Aussie guy who's who's sort of out there campaigning actively for um, for animal rights. Um, I would call him a militant Mike. So, Militant Mike... Is, is there some, like, hidden sexism that he's a bloke? No, no, no. There, There is nothing... There's a, there, No, absolutely not. Is he not. more likely to be a bloke, then? Um, no. All right, go on. Not necessarily. I'll I'm just... Uh, these are keep, not... Keep these going. are not gendered. These are just... I mean, it, it, okay. you could be called Mike well, if you you're know, a girl. it just might be your subconscious bias, obviously, appearing, but... I'm oh wow! I knew that. I knew this was going to be a problem. I knew that as soon as I started talking, you were going to start criticising. Am I not woke enough for you? Just like no, you're being way too woke, actually. Okay. Right. So, um, militant Mike. Yeah. Or militant Maggie, whichever. Okay. okay. Um. So they're an ethical vegan. Okay. Right. So an, an ethical being, ethical vegan being, um, this is uh, a belief that's the kind of centre of their character. So they eliminate. Um, all types of animal products from their diet and their lifestyle. Um, and effectively, it kind of runs away that they live their life, right? So they, you know, this chap, Georgie Katmanjana, he spent 20 years investigating veganism and researching and, yeah. you know, buying vegan things from vegan places. And um, sure. that was one of the reasons that he won that, that he won that um, court case, the start of that court case. Um, so I, I, th- I definitely think there's, there's some people who are militant mics. They're probably in the minority, I would yeah. say, um, but they're a very vocal minority. The second one... Wait a minute, I haven't finished with Militant Mike. Oh, but I, so, I just want to get through them first, otherwise we'll be here right, forever. Um, well, if you well, go through on. them and then... What is your issue with Militant will, Mike? Well, no, keep going. Okay, right, Hemp Seed Hattie. Okay. <laughs> um, now, Hemp Seed Hattie... She's going to be lovely, isn't she? Is, well, is she's... Uh, no, no. Okay, No, I aspire to be Hemp Seed okay, Hattie. Okay, go on then. So she is um, also an ethical vegan. Yeah. Um, but she's sort of... A bit more, 
of a hippie, I suppose, in yeah. terms of her mentality, her okay. attitude to things. Um, she's all about reducing her personal impact on the environment. So okay. she's very much driven by that. Also, she's driven by a love of animals. Um, and in terms of converting other people, she doesn't judge. She just tries to guide them. So okay. she's a bit more laid back, a little bit more personable. Okay, so we'll explore um, this in a minute. But you know, the key yep. difference between the two of them is that one person is very evangelical yep. about and almost kind of... Um, confrontational absolutely yeah 100%. whereas the second person would then seek to persuade people yeah. via being just their lifestyle yeah exactly okay and um, by being a good example and by doing as much as she can and educating her friends and family okay and just being a nice um, person yeah. and just being a nice all-round okay hemp seed hattie okay number three plant-based piper yeah okay so this is probably one that a lot of people recognize um and i would say that plant-based piper is effectively a dietary vegan Okay. Um, so what's your definition of dietary vegan as opposed to ethical vegan then? Well, so dietary vegan refers to someone who follows a vegan diet, plant-based diet. So they don't eat or consume anything with animal products in it, but they might have leather shoes. They might have um, like other, they might use beeswax wraps or something like that. Do you okay. see what I mean? But the, in terms of what they're putting into their bodies, um, it is completely plant-based. So why is she, why is she vegan? Is for health reasons or? Um, yeah, I think for health reasons. I think also probably there's an element of um, it being the popular thing to do. She is probably a relatively, or he or she is probably a relatively kind of young Okay. Woke. Maybe an influencer. I like to think that Piper's an influencer. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And they've also been influenced by the latest films and documentaries and things like The Game Changers. So, yeah, Game Changers, um, yeah. And, and I think that they just know that that's probably the future and that's the way that it's going. So they, they've hopped on board okay. um, the vegan train. The fourth one um, is is what I've called Veggie Victor. Um, so uh, you, you, might see, you, <laughs> you might see some parallels in this okay, very, very on, soon. Okay, old school veggie turned vegan. Okay. For health and the environment. Okay. So this would be somebody like yourself that has been a vegetarian probably for quite a long time. Yeah, okay. Um, and has recent, relatively recently gone completely vegan okay. after having, you know, late night sweats and worrying about not eating cheese. Okay, so we'll discuss that in a minute, yeah. Um, and, and, and this person would be, you know, um, very much kind of a new convert. Obviously, they've been living a vegetarian lifestyle for a long time, but they don't see themselves as particularly different to anybody else. And I don't think that they would stop other people from bringing meat into their house if that's what they wanted to bring round. Do you see what I mean? That it's sort of interesting. thing. Interesting. Okay. Because that's actually a big a big uh, okay. question mark that... Sure. Um, I think we should talk about at a later stage. The last one um, is Flexi Frankie. Now, obviously, you probably know what Flexi Frankie eats and doesn't eat. Yeah, okay. They're basically trying super hard. So Flexi Frankie is uh, primarily plant-based. You know, you often hear people saying things like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, five or six plant-based days a week. Yeah, and then yeah. that, that other one or two days, I might have an egg or I might have like or a bit of cheese or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, a good example of, um, of this would be... Um, somebody like Fern Cotton who is not completely vegan but yeah, she she's, written, she, a vegan book. she's written, a, written a vegan book but she does eat um, dairy products and, and I think the occasional egg and that sort of stuff okay. um, and this person is, is probably very environmentally driven as well I think so yeah reasons. they're just trying to minimise their impact and also health as well um, I think they recognise that a lot of uh, vegan uh, products and, and a lot of vegan cooking is obviously a lot healthier and contains um, less saturated fat and, and probably less calories than you know yeah, the alternative okay. um so i i know quite a few sort of family and friends who who were of that persuasion so flexi frankie who's kind of moving in the right direction but not prepared to to go cold turkey okay um so those are my five okay so do you want me to remind you of them just do a quick rundown uh no or are I you think, are you I ready think, to criticize so, them right, go on then. so militant mike yeah who's the Angry ethical, vegan. Angry, ethical uh, vegan. Okay. He's, hemp, he's like the vegan police, basically. Okay. Hemp seed had to use the nice vegan, ethical vegan. <laughs> yep. Plant-based Piper, who's watched Game Changers, likes it a lot. Dietary vegan, yep. Veggie Victor is basically anyone who's old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's become a vegan. Yep. <laughs> and Flexi Frankie is basically flexitarian. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that's quite a good list, actually. I mean, I... I I think, you know, with, with different people, it works on different levels. So, yeah. for example, some people will definitely come vegan much more for the animals. And if you're very compassionate yeah. about animals and you're focused on animal rights, I think you will then inevitably be much more 
vociferous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, so you made the difference between Mike being the confrontational one and yeah. Matty being the less confrontational one. Yeah. You know, I think they probably still believe the same thing. Potentially. But I think it's yeah. maybe the, the way that they articulate it and how yeah. they feel yeah. it's best for other people to become vegans. So, I mean, I think it's... You know, I became vegetarian and to a lesser extent vegan, not because anyone actually lectured me forever, yeah. but just because for good examples of people I knew and it seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if somebody had been lecturing me all the time, in fact, somebody did at university, it yeah. did push me in the opposite direction. But Yeah, I mean, I don't believe that that shouting at people in the street about how they're killing baby cows is going to make any difference. I think it'll actually, particularly for people who are quite emotionally invested in meat and, and you know, the nostalgia that comes with that because of your Sunday roast, etc. I don't think anybody will be convinced by someone challenging them on the way that they... Well, I, it's more I, of an I, education you know, okay, piece. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you to a degree because, I mean, it's quite interesting. Harley makes many readership supports in the interview that's coming up. But I think it's... Quite a lot of it is about... If you look at the way that people throughout history have mm. changed things yeah. quite often it's by taking a very confrontational stance yeah. um, and getting people to think and then people then have kind of moved all, all the way along so I can see why they do that because I think you know people need to be reminded of those mm. things yeah. and I think it's important so I think in terms of politics I think there's a real space for that so I don't agree with you there what I don't agree particularly is you know, with if militant Mike, you know, if he's out having food with somebody mm. and someone's eating meat or dairy, if he's going to sit and give them a lecture, you know, yeah, well, I he think, would, he would probably knock it out of their hand. Okay, but I, what I'm saying is, I think you should wear your politics on your sleeve, and I think you know, animal rights is is a big issue for me, and that's important for me, and I do think that people should be using some of those things, that some of those tropes to kind of encourage people to 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 think more about these things. But there's a time and a place yeah. for it. Yeah, I think so. And I think also, um, yeah, maybe you do wear your politics on your sleeve. I probably wouldn't challenge someone directly unless they asked me. That's. I think that's, if someone invites you into that space, into a discussion, I think mm. that's a good time for you to express your views and for you to articulate the reason that you're vegan and what your beliefs are because somebody's actually interested but I think if you're just like broadcasting something that people don't want to hear, yeah. then they're not going to hear it. yeah. Um, and then plant-based Piper, question for you. Yeah. Is she going to be a vegan in five years' time? You mean, an, do you mean an ethical vegan? No, I didn't think, just generally. Because plant, plant-based Piper is only a dietary vegan, so technically they're still a vegan, I would imagine. Okay, but then, like, say five years down the line, you know, obviously this isn't going to happen, but Donald Trump is proved right and climate change is a myth. <laughs> And like, what kind of dystopian society is well, that have you as painted? I say, it's not going to happen, but you know, no. on the kind of more macro level, say for example, somebody came up with a way of significantly reducing yeah. carbon yeah. so that the environmental issue was solved. And there may be technology that will do that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not betting on it, but it's potentially, for some people, that's the solution they're banking on. So were that to happen, yeah. you know, is Piper then not going to move from being a plant-based Piper to um, Flexi Piper? Or even just kind of herbivore piper. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I guess that as things start to change, I definitely see more of a trend for for flexi Frankie and plant based piper. I see more of a trend towards just um, the recognition that consumerism has gone on for too long, and yeah. that people need to minimise their impact on the environment. So that is not buying clothes and stuff from like fast fashion outlets and reusing stuff going to charity shops yeah. all that kind of stuff sure, not yeah. using any plastic um, That that's the type of thing that I think people will probably do more of honestly I mean I think if you eat you know egg, eggs and cheese one day a week but you don't have any single use plastic and you're not constantly buying clothes and you know you're not driving everywhere and you can reduce your impact on the environment in other ways can't you yes I guess um, so. and I think that's probably a key preoccupation for both those archetypes I okay. would say okay um, and then Veggie Victor, yeah, our old friend Veggie Victor. I mean, yeah, I mean that's quite interesting. Actually, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting in terms of the fact that yeah. there are a lot of um, vegetarians. So we've got a wandering dog here. <laughs> yeah, Douglas has now gone outside, so inevitably um, or, he will be or, chasing birds or, with the moment. Or animal companion. Yeah. What do you think about animal companion as opposed to pet? 
I kind of like it, you know. What animal companion? What do you mean? As a, as a, as a, a label? Phrase, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't. Wouldn't call him my pet. He's part of my family. Yeah. I mean, I refer to myself as his mother. I think that. <laughs> I think that alludes to yeah, how okay. much part I, of the family. I think we should is. move on this conversation <laughs> at this point. Um. So yeah. So Veggie Victor. Going back to old, um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a trend there of people who've been vegetarian a long yeah. time, and it's it's you know in some ways it's not as easy for them to make that transition to be vegan as you think. Yeah, because there's a lifelong habit, right? I mean, if you've been a vegetarian for a super long time and yeah. all you did was go out to restaurants and all they had was stuffed peppers and with cheese with cheese but if you in your head you morally yeah you know you made that you made that made made the leap to not eat animals but you know to suddenly go from cheese is a good thing to a bad thing overnight is actually quite it's quite tricky yeah i agree but But then as the i wish people would do it though with the advent of vegan cheese there are less and less good reasons yes not to yes aren't there yes okay um, you had another one here, judicatory. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make the shortlist. Whacking. It was too. It was too hard to say. <laughs> so judicatory uh, whacking. You just wanted um, the, the pun on that. I just you, wanted really? to mention whacking phoenix yeah. in some way, shape, did, did or form. Uh, but actually, that's an ethical view. That was that was militant Mike. Effectively the same. Okay. So I mean, you know, what we're basically saying is. There's a great deal of diversity of veganism. Mm. Everyone's on a different journey as well. Yeah, exactly. There's just a, there's just a, a gradient, isn't there? And I think it's um, it's easy to think that all vegans fall into this, exactly the same bucket for people like you said who aren't um, in that in that in that world. Um, they just think that we're all kind of pursuing pursuing perfectionism, and that if we fall short, we tend to come in for some criticism. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's different, aren't they? And everybody has different priorities, different <laughs> motivations. Okay, so bearing in mind where we are, I'm going to spring spring a conversation on you. What do you mean where we are? Well, as in like in terms of where we are in the month and what the big news story. Okay. Um, Have you searched for veganism and coronavirus? No. Well, I haven't. There there is already a debate Uh, about it. What do you mean? Because if people didn't eat animals, then they wouldn't, no one would have contracted coronavirus. Well, don't they think it might be snakes or something, don't they? I did see that somewhere, yeah. Um, obviously, I got targeted on Facebook or something about it. Um, uh, what what evidence is there to suggest that that's the case? I mean, mm. honestly, I don't know, but just, you know, it, yeah. you know, maybe at some point it would be another argument. Yeah, if everyone went vegan, then then there'd be no coronavirus. There'd, there'd be no li- threat to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Maybe we should do our research on it and uh, report back next time. So we've got an interview now with Harley MacDonald Eckersall from Animal Rebellion. I'm going to be talking to her about Animal Rebellion, how it grew up, what its relationship is with Extinction Rebellion, what its aims and objectives are, and how people can get involved. Hi, Harley. Hello. Thanks for having me. I know. It's a pleasure. Really interesting. So, I mean, my little knowledge of Animal Rebellion was beginning to see it starting to happen about, I guess, nine months ago. Was that when Mm. it started? Yeah, so Animal Rebellion kind of started back in June of 2019, and that was when the first meeting started to occur, um, where a bunch of kind of animal justice people really like saw what was happening with Extinction Rebellion, and they were involved with Extinction Rebellion themselves, but they saw the momentum that was being created through that kind of activism, and they really wanted to kind of jump on top of that. So they started Animal Rebellion with a vision to use the similar techniques to Extinction Rebellion to really push um animal agriculture into the climate conversation uh-huh so you're in, you're not part of uh, extinction rebellion but you're inspired by it we work in solidarity with extinction rebellion so we're their official partner organization so we kind of think of ourselves as sister organization to extinction rebellion so we're not like um a group coming off of extinction rebellion such as you know you see kind of groups popping up which are Extinction Rebellion and then they have a particular focus. We're not one of them. We're our own organisation, but we do work closely with Extinction Rebellion and participated in the October Rebellion with them. Okay. So um, before we talk a bit more about Animal Rebellion, can we just talk about yourself? You know, how did you become a vegan and then how did you end up being involved in in animal rights issues? Yeah, definitely. So I actually grew up almost as far far away from animal justice and veganism as possible. I grew up in a very small country town in rural Australia, um, dairy farming area, 
Um, and I grew up with a dad who used to work on a dairy farm at some points and yeah, very connected to animals, but in a very much the kind of way that they are here for us. And then we use them for different things. It was only actually when I went to university and I kind of studied, started studying philosophy and I also met my very first vegans, which was very exciting that I started to reconsider whether my actions were in line with the values of justice and compassion that I had always held. So I became vegan in about halfway through my first year of uni. And so veganism, there was no vegetarianism or flexitarianism going on? No, there wasn't, which is quite rare. Like most people I talk to, there is a phase, like there is a stage of transitioning. And I think in a way I almost had that stage but in a different way. So I'd always considered animals as important but and kind of individuals, but that was kind of expressed through different different ways rather than changing my diet like mm-hmm. I so I think it was like I did go through that stage of being like a, con- a conscious consumer I guess which I think a lot of like flexitarianism and vegetarianism is that stage of being a conscious consumer yeah. um but I think I expressed it in a not not as ethical way as a lot of vegetarians and flexitarians did I was just in in talk only I was a conscious consumer until I went vegan okay and then how yeah. did you you, you end up becoming involved in animal rights issues and specifically animal rebellion. Yeah, so at the start I was just really lucky. Like I just happened to meet some fantastic people who were very patient with me and answered my questions about, you know, why don't we eat animals, why don't we eat honey, blah, 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 and kind of all my confusion and just really got I – through those conversations I started to understand the kind of ethical base of what I was doing. And that kind of led me to co-found an organization called Young Voices for Animals, which I was a very new vegan and I was suddenly leading an organization which was animal rights based. So that was a bit scary, but that, that experience has really led me to be here with Animal Rebellion. I learned so many skills and yeah, I've traveled quite a bit. I went to Palestine with the Palestinian Animal League. I was in America last year learning about strategy and momentum organizing and yeah, that was what led me to move here from Australia. So I just actually got here last week to work full time with Animal Rebellion. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So with, with Animal Rebellion, I think probably most people listening will be familiar with the tactics of Extinction Rebellion, which you know are similar. But I mean, what they probably don't know is is what are the kind of main aims of Animal Rebellion? What what is kind of core philosophy? And, um, you know, what do you want to achieve within, you know, say 10 years? Let's, let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah, so our main aims are to that. So if you know of Extinction Rebellion, you probably know of their three demands. So the Tell the Truth, Act Now, and Beyond Politics. So we mm-hmm. share those three demands with Extinction Rebellion. But for us, they're tailored to um, tie in with that idea that we're trying to raise the importance of shifting to a just, sustainable plant-based food system as a crucial part of ending the climate emergency. So we want the government to tell the truth um, by declaring a climate emergency, which they've done on a lot of occasions, but also by declaring the pivotal role that animal agriculture plays in the climate emergency. Um, We want them to act now, so we want a, a really rapid transition to a just sustainable plant-based food system so the reason I stress just sustainable is we want it to be something that supports farmers to transition to new ways of living we want everyone to be supported and for this for there to be a really yeah supportive change because I think what we've understood is given the emissions and the devastating impacts of animal agriculture a change to a plant-based food system is inevitable, but it's the government's mm-hmm. choice whether they let it happen as part of a horrible ecological emergency or whether they act proactively and help farmers transition. And we also want a citizens' assembly, just like Extinction Rebellion, where ordinary members of um, community and the society are given the opportunity to be have the evidence shared with them and make their own choices about the food system that is going mm-hmm. to be the most sustainable for their future. Okay, so um, how you know how do you leverage that? How do you get to that point? So, I mean, one question that's talked about a fair bit is is the idea of a meat tax. Is that something you see that as a staging post, or are you trying to put pressure on 
the government to just basically completely stop all kind of animal-related farming. Yep. So our ask, our demand is for the end of animal agriculture and fishing. So we're not asking for any intermediary um, intermediary steps. We're asking for that as a as an end point. Um, we mm-hmm. see other organisations who are stepping in and asking for those intermediary steps and we see them as extremely important. So the way we see it is we're part of a movement ecosystem. So we're demanding this really radical change and that kind of shifts the conversation and rather than asking for those kind of little, those individual steps, so all those meat taxes, things like that, which are intermediary steps on this big goal of ending animal agriculture, ending animal farming and fishing, where um, we're seeing a lot of other groups stepping in and doing that. So we think that's really fantastic and that's really being covered. So we've kind of stepped in with this aim that this is an emergency, this is urgent, we need to be asking for the big things now if we want them, we want to see them manifest before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I, probably a bit unfair to ask you, you've only been in the country a week or so, but I mean, do you know, have, I mean, do Animal Rebellion talk to MPs? You know, is there a dialogue with M- MPs mm-hmm. as, yeah. as well as the direct action you're doing? Yeah, so that's really, at the moment, it's not part of our strategy. So our strategy is all about shifting the conversation. So it's um, shifting the public conversation and using that as the tool to get governments to listen and to act now. So the way we see it is that we can talk to the government, but that's really powerful people talking to powerful people. Um, mm-hmm. The way we want it, we, the way we see it is throughout history, we've seen the power of people power movements and momentum-driven movements. So. While we see importance in talking to government officials and while that may happen at a later date, at the moment they haven't given us anything to negotiate, to talk on. Mm-hmm. They're refusing to tell the truth. They're refusing to act. So right now we're not negotiating with the government because we see them as denying the autonomy and the agency of their citizens. So we're inspiring the public to stand up and say that this is not on. We should have a say in how our country is run and we should have a say in whether or not we're heading towards catastrophe, which we haven't for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit cynical about governments. You know, I think yep. they <laughs> really pushed. So, I mean, for me, the three things that might save the planet are, are people and individuals and movements like yours. Mm-hmm. Um, technology, you know, I mean, who knows? There may be some solution there. Um, but also businesses, you know, the people, businesses are quicker to respond to people's changing kind of opinions and attitudes mm. than, than governments. Are. I understand that there's a tension there, obviously, between, you know, like kind of groups like yourselves and businesses. I mean, do you, mm. I mean, again, do, do you, do you work with businesses or, you know, or do you, are you supportive of some businesses or are you almost always kind of highlighting some of the kind of, you know, the, 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 um, the transgressions, I guess, of, of the big businesses. Mm. Yeah, so we kind of we operate on the no blame, no shame kind of mentality. So we're not in this to be blaming anyone for the state that we're in or shaming business, like whether it be individuals or businesses. So we would, we never kind of come at things that are you're doing this wrong, you're destroying the world. Our kind of approach is rather than approaching individuals and businesses, we're approaching the government to act. So we have we haven't worked closely. We have kind of semi worked with businesses. I'd say like um some during the rebellion, places delivered food to us and things like that, which are really which is really fantastic. But whether we would like collaborate with businesses is something that hasn't occurred like yet as a kind of potential. But I think it really depends on the business and what they what they were asking and what they were. Mm-hmm. They were kind of delivering with that. So we, yeah, as I've said, we aim to push towards an end of animal farming and fishing. And if a business is on board with that and if a business is on board with a radical shift to a very different society, then I think collaborating with them is always an option. But I think in general our main approach is mobilising the public to pressure the government pressure Mm -hmm. big decision makers to make change and whether that mobilization includes small businesses then that's definitely something that makes sense and I think is really 
part of what we believe in is I think, you know, small businesses, people who are changing the way we do business in society, I think they're really important and they're a key part to changing the system that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the minute I think I'll ask you about, uh, you know, again, how people can get involved. But mm-hmm. I want to go back a little bit to talk about Extinction Rebellion. Yep. You know, it seems to me that, you know, they, they, they talk the talk in terms of veganism, but they don't actually kind of, mm-hmm. it's not, not a significant plank of kind of what they talk about. Yet for me, you know, the, the fundamental way a person can reduce the carbon footprint is basically, you know, becoming a vegan and not mm-hmm. eating animals or dairy. Does it frustrate you? Um, is there a discussion going on there between the two groups about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Extinction Rebellion and Animal Rebellion, have worked together very cl- have worked together very closely and they've been really supportive of each other. That's been wonderful. I think broader than Extinction Rebellion, like to kind of broaden this out because again, I'm not really keen to like target specific organisations or individuals, but I think on a broader level, there is a bit of a disconnection in the vir- environmental movement as a whole, um, and I think it comes from people coming into things for different reasons um, and being an animal justice ally and kind of getting involved in the environmental space back in Australia, that was really clear to me quite early on that there was a disconnect where animals' voices weren't being represented in those rooms and because of that, actions and thing, and just direction, strategy, often neglected those voices. And in general in society, we also see just um, just complete misdirection and complete kind of not speaking about the issue of animal agriculture. It's really common, like in major environmental groups, in major in the media and that, like animal agriculture is not treated mm-hmm. with as much seriousness um, in the environmental debate. So I think on a broader level it's definitely there and I think it's why it's important that groups such as Animal Rebellion have sprung up because it's really important to get that message in the mainstream environmental conversation and that's one of our main aims with um, Animal Rebellion as well as shifting the public conversation. It's shifting that internal conversation so that when we talk about environmentalism, animal agriculture and animals cannot be ignored as being part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think this is, you know, one of the reasons why as, as a group, you know, I think you're, you're really important is because I think some ways, you know, so much of the conversation around veganism now is dominated by climate change and climate change is off the scale in terms of importance. Yeah. But, you know, people have not eaten meat and not eaten dairy for a long mm-hmm. time before people talked about climate change. And it's about that kind of respect for animals. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, do you worry that we're losing that element of that that debate, that that's kind of, you know, almost getting um, submerged neath mm. the big discussions going on about climate change? Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely do have a lot of concerns about that. Like um, uh, I write a blog and one of my blog posts recently was about this fear that I have, which I've had for quite a while, that if the environmental movement wins and let's hope it does, that what happens to these animals who are considered to be a part of the environmental damage, like, you know, cows um, yeah. have now become secondhand with, you know, producing methane rather than individuals whose lives matter. So I have a lot of concerns about that. Um, and I think a lot of people in animal justice spaces do have concerns about that. And for me, it was what sparked my hesitancy to join the environmental movement in the first place. And I think in the end, it was actually the reason I decided that I needed to join the environmental movement because mm. this is happening right now. Like, even if we ignore it, climate the climate catastrophe is not going to go away. And if there aren't people coming into this movement who are rep- who are rep- um, representing themselves as allies to animals who are, do have that concern in their mind, then I do really worry that those voices are going to be lost and we're going to forget about these billions of individuals who are living on this earth right now and who Mm. need our support um, and who exist as separate from the environmental conversation Mm. because I think often they're just they're considered problems in the environmental debate when you know with me and you and a whole bunch of us we can we see them as individuals whose lives matter so I really think it's it's scary 
and I think it's why it's so important that animal justice people need to get involved with environmentalism while also contributing to purely animal justice organisations. But I definitely agree that like, animals are a massively oppressed group and they deserve their own movement. They deserve their own movement pushing for their change for them. But I think like every group in society who's oppressed, including animals, needs representation in the climate movement at the moment because this is something massive that's going to affect everyone. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and also the animals. I mean, you only got to look at the Australian bushfires to see, you know, how mm-hmm. many animals died. It was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the grimmest thing. But anyway, let, let's end with something more positive then. So uh, if, you know, if we've heard, listened to you and we've been inspired, you know, what what do we do? How how can we get involved? What we, should we be doing? Yeah, absolutely. So there's animal rebellion groups popping up all over the place. There's local groups all over the UK. There's international groups popping up all over the world, as well as the national group, which is based in London. We're actually recruiting right now, or we're always recruiting, but um, definitely get in touch. So you can visit us on Facebook. You can go to our website, um, you know, Google Animal Rebellion. (laughs) You'll find us. And definitely we really encourage people to get in touch. It doesn't matter how much time you have, what skills you have, whether this is your first campaign or your 20 millionth campaign we want everyone and we're really excited to push forward in 2020 and launch some really exciting new campaigns we've got one coming up which we'll be launching soon bit of a spoiler there so um, definitely stay tuned for that um so yeah we want everyone involved and it's going to be great it's going to be really fantastic and i believe that we can really make change this year well, you know, 2020, decade of action, we've got to do exactly. something. Brilliant, yeah. Thank you so much for that. No worries. Thanks for listening to another episode of Vegan Curious. Uh, you can get in touch and let us know what you thought. Uh, we are at uh, Vegan Curious Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on So Vegan Curious on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for now. Yep. So have a good week. Enjoy your vegan food. Absolutely. See you next time. Bye. Save the planet and make it heal. You can help by eating a vegan meal. Come join us if you're vegan curious. No animals in your meals. Nothing tastes as good as being vegan feels. Come join us. If you're vegan curious And don't feel sad Don't feel blue So it ain't so bad I swear it's true Just use the right condiments And you'll even like tofu Don't be furious Just be vegan curious Life is good Life is sweet When on your plate There is no meat Come join us If you're vegan curious Come join us If you're vegan curious